Hey, Juventini, welcome back to the All UV Cast. Uh, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, Anthony. Um, it's not going to be a fun one to cover, but uh, what? what happened? We'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it. Uh, morning to everybody who's already uh, joining with us, of course. Uh, Cliff, good morning to the best team in the business. Luca, well, poise, mayor of Skankland, always says it's a new morning. The sun is out. It can be a good day. There you go. And came up. That's right. Always, always with us, my man Bob. Big Bob. Um, yeah, it's going to be an ugly one, but we'll uh, take care of business. There's a lot to discuss. You've been teen year kind of uh, all over the map uh, right now in terms of uh, thoughts and feelings in regards to this club and this team in general. We're going to tackle it all. We're going to try to skim through this game as quickly as possible so we can get to those discussion points because it was a painful one, okay? Um, for everybody that's tuning into this on the audio feed, just keep in mind um, the live discussions take place on YouTube. So get over to the YouTube channel and, um, yeah, subscribe. And we've got a lot of content. It's going to be a very, very busy week for the team here. We've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, what with the release of uh, All or Nothing uh, tomorrow, uh, we will do episode recaps and everything. And uh, it'll be interesting to get a look because a lot of the questions that Juventini have about this team right now um kind of fall back into what we might be able to get a light that shine on from that ep those shows you know what i mean lou yeah 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 they are nothing you know i joke around saying that it's miserable to relive last year but i'm very very curious to see what happens there um you know and get a little behind the scenes look at what the hell is going on with juventus yeah exactly right so uh We'll see. We'll see. But uh, let's get to this game. Let's get through it really quick. We had Chelsea um, in the Champions League uh, round two against them. And uh, let's just kick it off with the lineup, okay? Lineup at the back, no surprises. Danilo out for a couple months. Um, so you get uh, Quadrado as a right back. You've got Sandro over on the left. Um, Benucci, Delict in the middle. Um, and Chesney at the back. The biggest question mark came with the midfield. Four central midfielders all spread across. And my biggest question mark going into it was, how is he planning on using McKenney? McKenney was the one that stuck out to me because was he going to be used and almost create a diamond in the midfield in order to kind of try and help rule out Jorginho, um, try to just keep Chelsea out wide, kind of like we did in the first match and just kind of let them have their way that way. But we didn't even do that. We didn't even try to rule out Jorginho. Um, so they had centrally. It freed up the wings. It was just a big mess. We essentially had four right across the middle. And Chiesa even, who was supposed to be partnered up with Morata, actually took over the left flank. So you had five right across the middle. But uh, you got to ask questions when the midfield comes out flat like that um and it's all central midfielders at least if you're going to try to use one of them mckinney in a that whole type role supporting Kiesa morata but the thing is even in that method mckinney has tried that before and allegri has tried that before and it didn't look good so that was my only thing with this lineup um was how mckinney was going to be used what were your guys' thoughts on the lineup? Did you know it was going to be as bad as it was right out of the gate, or what were your thoughts? Um, 
I didn't know if it was going to be as bad as it looked right out of the gates. I mean, I figured we would park the bus regardless of how we lined up, just given you know the amount of injuries we have um, and how we played in the first leg. Uh, I thought there'd be a little bit more dynamic too. I didn't know if it would be a flat four four two, and I wasn't like really surprised by it either because all the rumors had said that was going to be the lineup. Um, but it was yeah. ugly on the eye. I'll say that. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony. Well, we had a lot of discussions beforehand on what we thought the how the game was going to play out. And I think it played out exactly, not the scoreline so much, but it played out exactly how we thought it was. It's, you know, they're going to go into a defensive shell, try and counterattack. And that counterattack was absolutely atrocious yesterday. Couldn't complete a pass. Um, we have, I have some numbers on completed passes and we didn't complete that many less than Chelsea, but I, I'm astonished that we completed near the same amount of passes they did, but it, it was, it was discombobulated from the start. It was, uh, you know, like you said, Kiesa, if he was up top, he never played there. It was, uh, yeah. you know, if there was, if there was one bright spot, we'll get to it, but. Uh, yeah, no, it yeah. just—it was just like a clunky engine trying to start yesterday. Didn't work. Pretty much, yeah. Let's get to uh, let's just get to the scenes and uh, go through some of our thoughts throughout this match and try and get through this as quick as possible. Um, yeah, let's 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 do it here. So we're gonna kick it off and um, really get a free kick here off uh, one earned from Quadrado. Chesney had a good game. Um, mm-hmm. He was actually solid. This could have, I don't think, I don't think until you watch back. Uh, and yeah, I know it's brutal, but I do it sometimes for the show. And I watched the thing over. Chesney was huge. Um, this yep. thing would have been an absolute road. It already was, but he, he was big. So um, you look at Chesney here on this one and he makes a uh, really, really good stop getting low and over on the free kick here. We continue on to uh, the next one. This is, uh, yeah, just another uh, show of the save here. And then we get into here and, um, yeah, so the discussion point here is handball. Benucci was actually livid on a shove from Jorginho on this actual um, corner kick here. Of course, falls to, right to Chelsea absolutely no chance and uh when you watch the replay Bentoncourt was lost on the bobble off of the play there and he just couldn't locate the ball and Morata was watching um the player who was about to barrier Chabatalo and um just yeah it, it, very very unfortunate uh we'll get to another view here so guys this is the the discussion point, the main discussion point on this goal that has everyone up in arms, and it's uh, the ruling of no handball. Um, who wants to touch on this one real quick? Go ahead, Tony. I don't have a problem with it. I, you know, this is the kind of thing that over the past three years we've been complaining about to say, like, if, if this if this was a, a Juventus goal that got called back, we'd say, oh, it didn't really affect the play. You know, I'm I don't know if Rabio tipped it a little bit, comes straight in it. His hand isn't way out. It's sort of in front, hits his hand, and I think it deflects off his shoulder and then drops. So I don't have I I'm okay with the no call here. And if people say, oh, this changed the game, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I thought that it I thought that it was, but to be honest, I don't even know what the handball rule is anymore because right. it just doesn't make any sense. I'm more concerned about nobody picking up the second ball, which is a huge <laughs> issue, you know. Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a weird one with the handball because you know if it's not outside the silhouette of your body or whatnot, right? Um, you can get away with these types 
scenarios, right? And it's 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 a weird one. Ultimately, zero zero effect on the game. I mean, it hurts to fall down one, and it's tough to say it doesn't affect it completely because that's untrue, especially with the way Allegri's built this team because he's clearly just trying to create a team that you know does not concede. The problem is when this team concedes, are we going to get one? Are we going to find one? You know, that's the question that, uh, that lingers. So yeah. But anyways, this is uh, that particular play. Here's maybe, maybe one thing to what, add to that, Al. What, sorry, one thing to add to that. If it hit his hand and then went straight down, then we'd have an argument. But since it kind of hit his hand, deflected, and then went down, I think there's a bit of a kind of a gray area. Like Lou said, who knows? There is a gray area. Is. Yeah, big time. Here's uh, Jorginho on Benucci's back. It's kind of mid frame. His arms were extended prior to this. It's again, you see this a million times. Some get called, some don't. It is what it is. Benucci was livid after this one, but we'll uh, we'll carry on here. Now Benucci gets that call in the city, yeah, though. So that's the difference. So here you have a, a lofty ball from uh, Locatelli. Um, nice reads from him. Uh, he took the time to kind of spot somebody. Morata made a good run. This is a tough one. Um, yeah. You know, because of the way the ball trajectory was, I thought he would have put himself in a better opportunity to not let it bounce because you knew that bounce was going to go so high based on the trajectory of that ball. Mm -hmm. So I thought, man, either if you have the ability, I think Morata does when he's on, probably not now to one time that you take that opportunity rather than let it bounce or take a touch. Cause maybe you can make that run around uh, Mendy, but that bounce put him in a very difficult spot give credit where it's due because Morata did do well to get this thing over Mendy and going there. But uh, Silva does fantastic to clear that thing. So very, very unfortunate. Uh, we're not able to equalize here through this. And again, it, it's so hard because the plays are happening so fast, but you just, I had a feeling when that thing, the way Locatelli had to put it over, he had no other play on that ball. It had, had two to defenders that. to get it over. Yeah. It had to take that dip. It, it was going to be a tough one uh, to deal with. So very, very unfortunate. Um, ultimately, Morata did what he has to do, which is get it by the keeper and get it on target. Um, just mm -hmm. unfortunately not enough. Great, great clearance by Silva. Um, we'll carry on here. Bentancourt closes out the half with uh, an opportunity. Um, glad to see he's positive, gets a shot. But, uh, yeah, it, it looked a lot closer watching live until you see the replay and it just uh, – started out way wide he would have had to put one hell of a curve on there uh yeah but, from one uh, step it's not happening he's not yeah. you're not gonna put a kind of curve on it that he needed with with the, no like, one step no not with that d-man in front of him as well so mm -hmm. it just wasn't gonna happen so we're at halftime um get into uh the second half and uh you know <laughs> everybody's kind of wanting some changes you know because it just it wasn't making sense from a game uh game plan uh point of view if you're going to want to smash and grab a game and counterattack a team, you're playing four central midfielders and they're occupying your outsides. This is the same problem we were running into with um, Rabio on the left. We run into now with multiple scenarios. It's just not, it, it wasn't right. For me, again, I said going into this thing, 
even if you take formation out of the equation, why can we not see a Morata and Keane share the pitch, even because Keane can play on the outside? Um, Chiesa, use them as your wingers. Get the job done. Bring it down to three midfielders. And just it has to start making sense at some point. And that's the biggest thing I could say. We can argue all day about formation setups and all that, but the biggest thing is the guys on the pitch have to make sense. You set yourself up for one game plan with that particular lineup, and that is strictly defend. You're going to have very little to no opportunities, and that's it. So what we start to see is exactly this. You see Chelsea swarm us and dial up the pressure, and we have no way to push them back. You have zero way to push them back because you've left Morata on an island. That's not enough. At halftime, if you really wanted to make something of this game, you got to make some changes. You couldn't go out there again if you wanted to make something out of this game. Your guys' thoughts? Uh, on the on the post match for Lazio, uh, Raf mentioned this. We discussed a little bit about maybe seeing if Keane could play off Morata just slightly, right? You know, because Morata's very good at hold up play, and Keane's really quick. You know, Morata's a very good distributor of the ball. Maybe that would have opened things up. Even if you play flat defensively, you know, at least it's someone with pace to get in behind. But that's really the only change I think I would have made at halftime if there was one. Um, Again, though, it's still risky. It might not have changed the outcome, but it's, you know, a sign saying that you're trying to win a game, which is fair. I, I didn't yeah. think all was lost at halftime. You know, the, Chelsea had the pressure. There, there, was, there was glimpses of being able to break their lines, and we did it a couple times. Now, we didn't do it a lot, but I think maybe Allegri was thinking that the, the opportunities were there, and it's it was that it's that five minutes in the second half that absolutely sunk it. So I, I think he was waiting for that change at like the 60, 65, 65th minute, somewhere around there to maybe make an adjustment. And, but I, I will not disagree with anything you guys said. Yeah. It just, it was, so, but I think there was something, I think Max was hoping because he saw something like there was some little opportunities that maybe we could take advantage of one. Maybe. Yeah. I think uh, performance-wise, too, it was hard to really... I mean, usual suspects get attacked for performances and stuff like that, but there was so much wrong from an organizational standpoint. It's hard. Quadrado was, like, absolutely devastated on that flank. (laughs) Like, just Sandro on the opposite, the same thing. And oddly enough, it turned into a 4-5-1 defensive shape so Morata's on an island Chiesa's out on another wing and then um, you've got McKinney on the opposite and oddly enough our flanks are still overrun so it's just it's a tough one to really rag on anyone from a performance standpoint because again we'll see some clips of certain scenarios the organization was so so just piss poor and we'll we'll see it. We'll yeah. see it. Keep it rolling. I yeah. I just wanted to say one thing to to Anthony's point, and even to the point you just made out. I wonder if that's maybe Max's logic with not putting an attacking player on. He saw like what the flanks were getting abused by. You know, Quadrado usually Danilo's there. That's a little bit more solid of a defender, and Sandro just is outclassed by Reese James all day. So 
I wonder if maybe he saw that and was like, hey, we'll, we'll try and play for a 1-1 to hope we create something. And that in its own, though, is where I start to have issues, though. Mm-hmm. That in itself is where I start to have issues because, again, you're, you cannot go into Europe allowing the other teams to, to dictate, not, not if you're Juventus. And the reason I say this is no disrespect to the other clubs, but that's what you expect when you play the Malmos the Zenits and stuff like you, they go into those matches with that thought process. I don't think as Juventus, we should ever go in there kind of thinking that. And I mean, it's no disrespect. Obviously Chelsea's great team, great side, solid roster. Um, They won the damn thing. So, um, but still, this is not our best foot forward whatsoever. Um, It is when you play, that group of players together like that, that's what you get there. You get a mess. When you have multiple players out of position and you're playing a central mid, you're playing two central midfielders as outsides. It's bad enough when you do that with one. How could we not expect it to be bad when you play it with two? Like how do it's just again, but I, I hear what you're saying, Lou, and I, I agree looking at it hundred percent. That's what he's trying to do. But that's one of my issues is that we went into this and I think it's a brutal mindset to go into it thinking damage control. You know what I mean? Like, hey, let's shoot for a draw or even at a loss, we just can't concede a yeah. lot of goals, right? I don't disagree with that in terms of the approach. Like, It is a really big pain. I think that, you know, and we don't like to talk about because, you know, we don't want to make excuses, but they are down four or five players. And I think that that kind of sits in the back of your mind here where it's like, you know, Juventus in years past could be down four or five players and still you know be able to coop that, but this is a very different Juventus team in terms of quality, and uh, we'll get into Allegri and more kind of the mindset in after we get through the match. But yeah, let's, let's, let's get through, through these and uh, let's, let's just, just take care of this crap and get on. Okay, yeah, get out of pain here. So this, oh fuck. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, uh, some organizational struggles. Look at this. Like, what on earth is happening here? So, two CBs split to opposite ends of the area. Sandro, look at this. We got four midfielders, and you've got three right here. This one particular player looks like he's going to check Sandro. Uh, but uh, where are the options here? Like, organizationally, just a mess the ball ends up going to Bentoncourt. Bentoncourt, at the best of times can cough up the ball what on earth where is he going with this where is he gonna go mm-hmm. he can pump it back to uh tech but the thing is he's he's just swarmed so by the time he tries to get it off like they block it they get a they get a piece of it to slow the ball down and chelsea's off to the race is lucky this didn't end up in the back of the net too three players uh intervened um and Chesney wasn't required to make a save there but organizational guys like this is a mess right here like there's just zero zero options and like this perimeter play goes out the window on a team that presses you like that. Like it just, it goes out the window and yeah, it's just, I'm, the organization is just absolutely piss poor. Um, this is the second goal. So the ball's right here right now. Okay. Going up for a header. Sandro 
um, with nobody really around is thinking he's going to head this thing when it comes down, probably going to be a low trajectory. I don't know what the hell he's thinking, but anyways, he commits to a header before even realizing what's going to happen ahead of him while he's got time and uh, ends up over committing ball falls to Reese James here. And uh, this thing is an absolute rocket. Okay. But does tech got to do better there, boys? It's already past him at that point by the time he even reacts. Yeah. His, his arm actually missile, moves man. out of the way. I, I, yeah. I think, I think, I think tech would have lost his arm if he got an arm, a hand on that yeah. on the back of the net, no matter what. That's a, that's a part of the gig. I don't know. It's weird. His arm, like literally, I wish I could have done it as quick as I wanted to, but his arm literally goes out of the way. It's, it's, it's a weird one. And his, his second hand is, yeah, usually. His arm isn't he'll... even up yet. His arm isn't even up and that thing's already passed him. That thing was a missile. There's no way. I rewatched up to this point out and it, it did not, at least to me, it looked like he really didn't have a chance. I mean, it's a rocket. I no think chance. it's too close to say he doesn't have a chance. That's my problem with it. It's to, regardless of it being a rocket, it's it's too it's way too close. And the fact his arm was there, it's a it's a very very quick hand eye coordination thing. I'm not going to crucify him for it, but maybe maybe you could do a little bit better regardless does it change anything no we're not equipped to attack these guys today so uh, wave after wave after wave of attack it's gonna mm -hmm. happen and i mean ultimately if you look at this play it was a mess from the start mm -hmm. we I, I will remind you we're playing four central midfielders this is our second forward okay this is our <laughs> second forward and Sandro is sucked into the central area here. And Reese James has time to settle that and go. Chiesa does a good job trying to work hard to slide in there and get to it. But this is a mess from an organizational standpoint. And that shouldn't be happening under Allegri, whose main, you know, main form of praise is the organization and the structure and especially defensively. But I can't for the life of me make out why a second forward and then you wonder why we go through this game with uh nothing as far as counters and attacking productivity for central midfielders and this is where we end up in the defensive shape uh, uh i'm sure you, you probably caught this when you watched it back last night but if you watch that second goal back in in real time when the ball swings back out to the left i think it's the uh chill wall the entire three midfielders just all run right towards it. It's almost like they panicked for the second ball, right? It was like they didn't think that whoever was out on the right was going to close it down, so they all just kind of ran there. And then you end up with – because Chiesa checks his shoulder. He looks to see Reese James. And then all of a sudden, Reese James just appears kind of free at the back post. It, yeah. it, in real time, it just looks like they all kind of panic and run to one side and just – completely abandon their shape well it's kind of like what will happen when you play a bunch of central midfielders and expect them to play the outsides it's like they all want to play a same similar type role and when you look at this game you're absolutely right Lou. you see all three of them collapsing to same area similar areas right and it's mm -hmm. just are we spreading it out and then there's no how can you counter attack the count if you're going to counter attack it has to be quick 
but your players need to be in position in order to do that, right? Ours aren't based on how we approach this defensively, which you're right. Guys were collapsing all over the place. Anyways, oh, yeah, this uh, – okay. Um, I... This was an absolute mess. Like, <laughs> how many Juve, Juventini does it take to uh, defend the goal here anyways? Pops out to the side. Two goals in a matter of two minutes here. Um, absolute killer. Absolute killer. And you close the game off with uh, McKenney. Um, I don't even have words for not getting goal side on this ball and whatever the hell. Like, just a lazy attempt, really. And then, um, yeah, falls over, slots in. And uh, to make matters worse, even Timo friggin' Werner scores. Um, so there you have it. Um four nil and let's cut the screenshots and get the hell out of there. Okay. Um, guys, now we get to uh, the topics everybody wants to discuss. Obviously this is one of their biggest losses in uh, how long, how many years since Fulham 17, 17 yeah. years or something like that. Biggest, biggest defeat. Um, well, yeah, the Roma match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T-bone. I supported you since 1994, and last night's performance was a disgrace to the supporters. Our history and ex-players, no green to no plan. There's no excuses for last night. This is a good way to kind of get into this. I know we usually do Man of the Match, and it's sponsored by Striped Hearts Apparel. Um, check out stripedheartsapparel.com. Man of the Match, I think we're just going to kind of, for this one, um, I think I'm just going to go fives as the lowest, like, across the board it's not fair it's whatever but you lose as a team you win as a team nobody really could help one another yesterday and it was an organizational shit show let's let's kind of end it there now um t-bone has started this and this whole thing no green to no plan no excuses for last night the only excuse that seems to be being made right now is time for Allegri and players. The players not being of the caliber and Max is doing the best he can with what he has. This is a major, major talking point. And it's been that way for two other managers as well. Sabi and Pirlo are the players, the correct ones. Is it, Pirlo, who's at fault? Is it the players? For me, if you take the coaches out of the discussion, out of the equation, don't even bring up comparing Allegri to Pirlo and Pirlo to Sari and all this. Take those out of the equation. Is Max doing the best with what he has available? In your personal opinions. Lou? <sighs> I, I, I'd say like, Maybe yes, but like only slightly yes, because I really think this team is is bang average. Like I mean, I think when when people say we're a mid table team, we really are a mid table team. I think there's there's certain players like I think that Max hasn't got the best of players like Chiesa. I think he's hurt him a little bit, but you know you could say hey like let's play attacking football, but you know Juventus conceded a lot of goals last year. And then they play defensively now, but they also had a guy that scores 40 goals a season last year. So they have a bunch of holes in both attack and defense that couldn't be addressed this year because we were strapped financially. 
And I think that's part of the problem here is that you just have kind of average players that couldn't really be addressed or fixed this summer. And you have a coach that is traditionally – Max plays with a lot of veterans, right? He usually gives people very minimal instructions and lets them play a little bit flexible. Like, yes, it's always defensive mindset, but these players can solve their own solutions. Right now we don't have players that can do that. And I just think they're average footballers. And it, the case in point would be how many Juventus players last night would start in a Chelsea team? Maybe yeah. two. I mean, you could go down the line. You could say that like Liverpool, City, PSG – Real Madrid, you know, even some of the teams in Serie A, we wouldn't start in most of those teams. So, But here's the thing for me. Regardless of your opposition, regardless, okay, regardless of how many guys we have that could start on this team, start on that team, regardless, we can put a better foot forward with who we have. Are we saying that the roster we have, this is the best we can hope for, which is – all hands on deck, defense, literally nothing in attack. Are we utilizing the personnel we do have in the best in the best way? Like I look at a guy like Chiesa, and so far this season, I'd say we're wasting him. Yes, uh, and I I agree with that. I mean, there are like Chiesa. I think is wasted a little bit. I think there's more that we could do with DiBala going forward. You know, DiBala's had a great year, but I still think we could get more out of him tactically. I think at smaller sides, you know, you look at you like Allegra against like Torino or matches like that. There's more we could get against you know, mid-table sides. But in a match like this, I thought we were always going to be parking the bus. I mean, they they were down two or three of their major players against us the first leg, and we still parked the bus against them. I, I just think that this team is not built to compete in Europe like everyone thinks they could. I mean, we we're, we got out of the group. That's probably what we'll do in Europe this year. It's just what it is. You could put Jesus Christ could be our manager. We still would not compete in Europe. It's just, that's just my firm belief. We're just not that good. Yeah. The thing is though, is again, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling because I see lesser sides give strong teams challenges across leagues, even in champions league and whatnot. And the thing is system system how they utilize their players and whatnot and again we've talked about it if we can sit here in our living rooms see a lineup and figure out shortcomings can we honestly say that that's the best we can expect if we can figure out shortcomings from looking at a lineup we've been dead set and we haven't been proved wrong that rabio can't be an outside midfielder yeah but again like even if you put keen Let's say you play the 4 3 and you put Keane out wide. You're still got, probably going to spend most of that game chasing Reese James and Ben Chilwell. Like, I think that the part of the reason – like, ideally, in an ideal world, Bernadeschi would have been fit and he could have played on the left mid yesterday because he can do that, right? That's a, Bernadeschi can, can defensively work for you. He can track Reese James and he has enough to give you uh, contributions going forward. But Kulisheski can't really do that. You know, like, I just – I, I think we've seen three coaches with the same crop of players. And Eric kind of brings up a good point there. Like, you know, part of me says yes, but, you know, my head, like, it does say no. Like, it is that that's kind of the feeling around here is that. Here's, here's the thing. Good. Here's the thing that I, I, I really find frustrating. One of our major issues this year wasn't an issue last year. And you pretty much have the same squad. 
Um, yes, we lost Ronaldo and things need to change. So you're asking a team by committee to make up for those goals, but you're parking the bus. So you're already making it harder for your guys to do what they need to do. That that's a that's a big, big problem. The other thing I have and kind of alludes to what Eric's kind of saying too is yeah, you're kind of almost split here, but I can't help but thinking one year removed, same midfield players, adding Locatelli, all of a sudden we can't possess the ball to save our lives. Organization, like it just the way they are set up plays a big, big key. Lou, I agree with you. Even potentially in a 4-3-3, you see a lot of the similar issues in this one, but it's, it's not only that, it's the organization, it's how they're used. Not trying to rule out Jorginho, left it so wide open and left Juventus chasing Chelsea the entire match. You have to at least eliminate one thing to at least know how they're going to attack you. You know what I mean? So then at least like, okay, they're going to come through the flanks. We'll be prepared here. But you don't rule out Jorginho. Now you're also trying to chase him and it opens up even more space for them to then go to flanks as well. So it, it all kind of plays in part. But again, I just, I, I don't believe that is the best we can, we can do. I think if you have some attacking options, you can, you can utilize them a bit better, a bit more. The other thing is too, we talked about it. Four, four twos, how you line up. It turns into a four five one defensively, but now you've completely wasted Chiesa. So any advantage you're hoping to gain from playing your four center backs, you've eliminated yourself by like, there's no risk to gain any reward in what Max is doing. And it, I think he's really making it much, much more difficult. Here, here's a, and tell you before, we'll, we'll let you speak in a minute here because Al and I have been going back on this in the chat for a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we talked about this this past weekend. The 4-4-2 is kind of the formation you play when you like, when the coach doesn't trust his players and you don't know what else to do, right? So why is that? Where's the disconnect? Is it, you know, just the players are bang average? Is it Allegri, like, has no idea what to do with them? But there is a real worry with that disconnect there. And I also think in part two, like, from top to bottom, could you say that, that you know what the Juventus project is? Because they always say, like, we're reinvesting in youth, but they don't actually, like, invest in their youth. What did I say this morning, Lou? I, th I think I said, I don't know what Juve's game plan is minute to minute of a match. Yeah. Let alone, like... So right now it's like we're, we're trying to piece these things together. And this is another thing that everyone needs to understand. I am in no way, shape or form Allegri out. I think it's nonsense to talk about a manager at this point of the season after already going through two seasons prior um, discussions about sticking with other guys. It's, it's all irrelevant at this point. We're with Max. Um, you, you have to you have to get the stability going. We are going to have to commit to transfer uh, Mercados for managers to expect guys to walk in here and just solve all the issues in one go without a Mercado is absolutely wild. Okay, so that's got to be said first and foremost. By no means is this an Allegri out thing, but I do believe he deserves criticism right as of now. Because right now I'm not seeing a whole lot of evolution for a guy who's been two years dis disconnected from the game. Um, 
would you agree with that statement at oh me okay yeah um <laughs> no, I, and, and just so people can peek behind the curtain a little bit these two are going at this from 5 p.m last night to about 11 30 so you know <laughs> I, I had to let them get it out they got to get it all out it's all right um the one thing that i i feel people are most frustrated about is the consistency like we from game to game, there's no real consistency with this Juventus team. Like we'll have a good couple stretch of games, and then we have this absolute dog and pony show that we had yesterday. So, and then you, people start calling for, oh, let's play younger players, and then you have all those arguments, and then you have all the Pirlo in and the Allegri out. So I think the main thing this team needs to find is consistency. Like if if it was a one nothing game or two nothing game, but we were playing the same consistent style over the past four or five games then, you know, we can really pick and choose. But what's the answer? Like Al said, what, like, and then what, what Lou said, what's the plan? You know, it's just, he just seems to be throwing players at the wall and seeing what sticks and all oh, that's the lineup that's going to work. Um, I, I didn't agree with the, uh, with, I, we all knew that the park and the bus was coming. I didn't really agree with it. Cause like Al said, you don't play like that in Europe. Uh, I don't know. If, if anyone thought that we were going to you know, do something in Europe this year, you should give your head a shake because we, we weren't winning Champions League this year. This is a rebuild year and, you know, the Mercato next summer and nothing's happened in January. We'll see what happens next summer. So we, it's, it's going to be a grind, but all I want is consistency of yeah, some I, sort. I think that's just it. Like, you know, it, it's the commitment to something, right? You know, they, at least, and I don't want to harp on Pirlo because Pirlo had a lot of issues last year, but, you know, there was at least like an attempt to commit to something, right? You know, like he tried useful, it didn't work, tried something, right? You know, that was a, maybe the only good thing out of Pirlo last year was that he tried a couple different things. And then even back to Sorry, right? That they wanted to play a different style under Sorry. Well, it, it blew up in their face and they kind of just were like, well, we're just going to let it go. They don't commit to anything. They're saying like, hey, look, we want to rejuvenate Juventus, but in January we'll get Witzel. Like it, it's things like that. Like, you know, it's like, it, you can't have just like a, a treble now mentality and a rebuild at the same time. You have to accept it. Hey, like either we're going to try and grow with players like Chiesa and Delit and, and Keen and, you know, go through the ups and downs and just stick it out. Or, you know, we're going to invest in Allegri and win now. Like, you know, they need to decide that before next summer, because if they don't, it's just going to repeat the cycle and it's going to be very ugly. I think when you, <laughs> There's something very, very interesting to think about as well, and that's sorry coming in, the team looking a certain way right out of the gate, him shifting completely into slow, stagnant, frustrating football. Pirlo coming in, team looking like they wanted to be attack-minded, good ideas, all this, him switching to slow, stagnant, like weird, like just frustrating football because it happened to those two managers as well players sure po possibly i mean what else could it really be sorry went as far as to say that these guys are untrainable pirlo pirlo had something cooking and then it kind of went sideways and we kind of ended up again reverting back to the style of play that nobody really wanted right now with allegri coming in here the question is, and this is what's going on now, is he the right guy? 
Is he the right guy? Because, and, and this is where it gets interesting. The discussion really becomes interesting because did he reap the rewards of having warriors in his lineup and a lot of talent and whatnot? Is he the right guy to mold this team and pick them up from where they are? Those are the questions that start to surround Allegri in which he needs to answer to. And he'll be facing over this second tenure with Juventus. He's going to be answering those questions. And is it fair to even ask that though, Lou? Well, okay. So to answer your last question, I don't think it's necessarily fair because we were strapped a little bit in the market. Like if Juventus have a plan, it was hard to see this past summer. But I do think you do have kind of a point. Allegri traditionally is a coach. He's kind of like Carlo Ancelotti. You bring him into a already set up team to take it up another level, right? You know, like this is a team, you bring Allegri into a team that's built to win the league or, you know, like to compete in Europe or compete for a treble, right? You look at his AC Milan days when they were really good. He had very good players, like a full squad, you know, even at Juventus, great players, great board, great backing. They were able to improve that team consistently. Um, this team right now is not kind of suited that way. I mentioned earlier, Allegri really likes to give little instruction. Like, you know, he's pragmatic in the setup, but he's not someone that's like, like Conte where you need to be this millimeter, this minute, you know, every single time. He's kind of someone where it's like, hey, here's how we're setting up. But he trusts his players a little bit to evolve in the game. And right now you have a, a younger Juventus team and maybe not as high a quality Juventus team. And they might not need that. They might need to learn how to just do a game, you know, how to just play a solid setup and stay in their role and develop their roles. And I think that's part of the disconnect is maybe, maybe that's, if that makes any sense, maybe that's where the disconnect is, is lying is that the fact that, you know, Allegri maybe isn't the guy to develop youngsters, only youngsters. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's tough. Um, let's talk about the comments, comments after the match, just coming out calm. He came out calm and just said simply, hey, we were already qualified. This infuriated a lot of Juventini. What's your initial reaction to hearing him speak like that, Lou? Like, honestly, from an honest I mean, I mean it, it's like when you read it, it's frustrating to read. I mean, I, you can't deny it. And it, it sits on you a little bit and you say, okay, well, he does have a point where we are qualified. But also, that doesn't mean you should go sit back and lose 4-0, right? You know, like you'd at least like think, all right, we're qualified. We're going to try and play for a 1-1 or something like that. You know, Juventus, and I think we're going to see this in the All or Nothing documentary. They really need a kick in the ass. And they need someone to come, come in and just be like, hey, you play like shit. And at least before, like when we were playing terrible, Allegri was storming off the pitch saying that they're not Juventus material. Or even before we went to retreat, like that was, that's a reaction you want to hear. But after you lose 4 0 to Chelsea and just get humiliated, you don't want to hear, oh, well, it's, you know, we were all qualified. It's just. He and here's my my thing with the whole the whole thing again is mentality aside he can go out and say all oh, these guys mentally were you know a disaster but he didn't put them i still go back to him not putting them in a best scenario for them to really succeed or do anything better it was an organizational disaster class yesterday and that's on max not the players. Um, it just it it just really really isn't right. So yeah, I, mean, I think I just last thing that I think you're you're right. Like you know when you play Rabiot, 
who, you know, we all know how I think about Robert. When you play him at left mid, right, which is not his ideal position, even Weston McKinney at right mid. I mean, you are asking for trouble to some extent. Yeah. But we do not, and this is another thing that with the all or nothing coming up, I am curious to see what happens behind the scenes. Like, is this something where, you know, like, because you know, Perrell had a lot of these players last year. Did maybe Max put these players in the formation, worked it out in training this week, while it looked good and they aren't able to execute? I mean, there there is, like, you could say, right, like that's like 70% on Max for the organizational point, but some of these players, you do have to wonder, are they intelligent enough to even do that in real time? And that's where I think is, is part of the problem here. And that's why it's so hard to just blame one side or the other. You know, even a coach, like we've seen it happen a couple times now. But the thing is too, again, when you start looking at uh, the players and stuff right now, Max has been with this group long enough to know enough about the players and how he's going to get the most out of them. Um, Chiesa we need much, much more from him. He should not be wasting the majority of his energy tracking and just tracking and tracking and tracking. Cristiano Ronaldo didn't even do it. You know what I mean? And now we're asking a guy who's supposed to be a major uh, number out of those goals we're trying to replace to do something that the guy before that was a huge, huge threat. We built a game around getting our guys that needed to score to score. Mm -hmm. And now we're kind of not and, and it, it's kind of everything you look at this team and i think there's a fine line and not just this team just football in general there's a fine line between your philosophy and your match tactics and getting ready for opposition and whatnot and i think if max seemingly when you watch you know uh what we've been doing as of late starting to play the opponent too much. And I think what you do is you sacrifice rhythm and chemistry with your own players and your own team, because I don't think he's nailed down a set style philosophy and structure with our own guys in order to really start just doing match plans. Yeah. And I think if you're going with match plans, that's where an organizational disaster can happen because it's like, hey, we're going to do this this game, mm -hmm. but they haven't necessarily done it before. You know, does it is it kind of making sense? No, like, no, I, I I agree with that point because I I think that you're right. There is no consistency on what they're trying to do. I mean, they take like the Zenit yeah. game where they played a four three three and it worked really well. We've kind of never seen that since, right? We've never seen them try and play like that since. I know there's been some injuries and stuff like that, but you know. Will we ever see that again? Maybe not. But I do think my point is more of like, let's say yesterday you played a 4-3-3, right? Or even played a 4-3-3 in any game. You know, we some of our midfielders don't even know how to make runs into the box. I'm not, like McKinney can, Locatelli can, but Arthur, Rabio, Bentoncourt, that's not their their game. They, like At least like players like Matuidi who were defensive-minded could get into the box, create a little disruption, you know, getting yeah. on goal here or there. So that's where I say, like, that's where I think some of the execution just isn't there. It's not a total excuse because Allegri is not absolved of anything because yeah. there is a lot that's on his organization. I also think some of these guys just don't have it. Yeah, but and, – and some of these guys, though, we know their strengths. Like, you know their strengths, you know their weaknesses, right? So 
a guy like Kulishevsky, for instance, gets a lot of heat, whatever. I understand that. His biggest strength, though, is the ability, like, is his strength and physicality and his ability to break through and lead attacks out of the middle of the park. I've always seen him as somebody with the ability to play an alternative to Dybala in the hole there, right? He could have ruled out, he's done it before, and Pirlo utilized him that way. Pirlo utilized him to rule out Brozovic a few times and a couple <clears throat> other registas throughout um, his particular season, and he led our counters, and he did well with that. Um, I think it also prevents him from having to be in the scenario we saw against Lazio where he's trying to be the finisher. Mm-hmm. You don't want him as the finisher. He did well against Parma finishing goals. I think he finished with seven or eight or whatever. But for me, that guy is a driving creative force that you need to find, like you just need to harness him in out of that area. It still alludes to a variation of the 4-3-3 in order to make that work right um i agree with dan with the bala yeah the ball's another guy whatnot you have moise keen keen's versatile um four nine on the wing or whatnot again i just my biggest issue was my biggest issue was i can accept losses i can lose matches with juventus like i can whatever it's fine to not fight or have a game plan or put out a, a lineup where you can see clear as day where the issues are going to lie, that's where I start to have an issue when we don't have fight. And I and I, it's, I get where everybody's stance is with the players we have because I do agree. The quality has kind of dropped off. Um, we have not done the best that we can with our resources since the decade of dominance and the amount of money we've taken out of Champions League. We got kind of sloppy adopted a different kind of practice losing Beppe Marote has proved to be much much bigger a loss than anyone gave credit for um but players aside the ones we do have we're currently not doing the best and I again I start to think about a team that struggles in possession that is easily dispossessed while we have a holding mastermind of Artur on the bench you know and it's like are we ever going to see Arthur and Locatelli share a pitch? Arthur is a prime example of some of the frustration with players, though. If you look at Arthur statistically, he is terrible in defense. So, yes, he's great on the ball, but if he plays as a regista, he leaves a huge hole there. And the if problem plays, is, he plays as a Pala, he can't give you goals or assists. So, what but, does. But this is just it, though. There's no, no risk, no reward. You have a midfield right now that cannot control the game to save their life. You have Artur there that can help you at least maintain possession. Locatelli can slot over. He's done it with the Azzurri. But I don't. I think that backline has too many holes in it to. That's kind of like shaking there, whatever. And he's sad. Is like, what do you think? Drop your head. I, I, I apparently have had microphone problems, so I'm limiting what what I, all the words that come out of my mouth. Fired up, man. So I just wanted to say that Arthur showed me nothing yesterday. Didn't yeah. show me a thing. Maybe it was the amount of minutes. Maybe he needs to play beside Locatelli, but he didn't show me anything. My question would be, because we can drum on about this for hours and hours. How do you start on Saturday? <sighs> look at look at those two looks. Not in a 4-4-2. <laughs> I think you, you got to scrap the 4-4-2. Not in a 4-4-2. It's time to get. It's time to just 
scrap that whole thing because it automatically sets this mindset up that what we can expect is just to kind of defend first and he he needs to get to a better game plan for the players he has Artur, he didn't show you guys enough yesterday. I get it. He has defensive struggles. I get it. Every player down our roster has a sacrifice you need to make. Think about that. Every single player in our lineup has a sacrifice that you need to um, make in order to get him into the lineup. It's just the truth. Other than, of course, Delict or something like a CB or whatnot. But, well, even Benucci, there's some sacrifice there. But listen, like, at some point you have to look at what's going on as the group no not all your midfielders are going to be studs defensively it's just not going to happen but who's our best defensive midfielder who's our best defensive midfielder well i mean that's locatelli okay so locatelli is our best defensive midfielder playing him the way we have we haven't got the best out of his ball playing ability and his creativity, though. Is that a fair assessment to make? Yeah, but the devil's advocate is that Locatelli even hindered still gives you more going forward than the rest of them have. His yeah, no, he, he has not given us enough in the Locatelli has as many to utilize that skill set. Locatelli is, has as many goals as the rest of our midfielders do this year. Regardless, regardless here. But what okay, I'm saying so is. If Who he, is the creative? Who's the creative force now out of the midfield? I don't know if there really is one. But don't even don't even say his name. Don't say his name. So here's here's my here's my point exactly is if he's busy defending all the time and he's arguably our best creative guy too. But you you have to at some point sacrifice Arthur's defensive abilities. In my point, in my opinion to get the best out of something else that could help the group as a whole. That's where I think Max's shortcomings are, man. That's just my personal opinion. But I think if we just nitpick everybody's weakness and say, well, no, this is not going to happen because of this, this, you're going to have a shit show like we saw yesterday. And at some point you have to risk and show a bit of balls and get after something in order to make something grow. I think Locatelli should be, on a side where he can kind of help create. And honestly, he would do wonders for our left side because a Rabio Sandro left side is enough to make me vomit uncontrollably for probably 24 hours straight. Cause I can't watch that left side like that anymore. Yeah. I mean, they, you're right. I mean, they don't really help themselves. I mean, they got a lot of, a lot of creativity at Quadrado last year down the right. They got a lot of Chiesa down the left. They haven't really utilized either of those players. Um, Anthony, to answer your question, this is kind of crazy, but I think I'd go like some sort of three-five-two on on Saturday. I try and play with wingbacks. I try to play with Quadrado higher. I play with even Pellegrini, even though I don't think Pellegrini's average. But I try and get on the front foot on Saturday. You be uh, better than Sandro. Sandro was a nightmare yesterday. I think, yeah, I, I would yeah. agree. Um, you could play. You could play with McKinney or Dybala in the hole, and you could play with you know Chiesa and whoever up front, but I, Bernard, I think Bernadeschi is a bigger, like Eric's bringing up here. Bernadeschi is a bigger loss than people want to give him credit for. I tweeted well, that when we were going to lose him for the three games. And you know, the I reason think- I feel Max was getting away with his four, four, two was because of the versatility of Bernardeschi on that left side. And 
losing him like actually hurt so much because now again he's got it just adds another position where you got a guy out of out of position playing mm-hmm. i think formation set up all this like i think if we simplify we'll get more um overthinking it that's what I think is happening when we overthink things and like, well, Arthur can't play because not good defensively. Pjanic was a disaster defensively. If anybody says differently, I would challenge that because he was not very good defensively whatsoever. Yeah, like, but, but, but who did Pjanic have next to him? I who, don't care. Who, I don't care. It does. It's it irrelevant. It's a giant. They had one of the best defensive lineups in the history of Europe when Pjanic was there. They went a thousand goals without conceding in the Champions League. They had the best defense in Europe for four years in a row. Regardless, though, it's it's like you're now still shooting a guy down to like. Are we saying that Delict and Benucci are like are that that awful together that we can't try Arthur there? Sandro is that bad at left back, and it leaves a huge gap. You cannot give a little bit because Locatelli defensively almost plays in between the two of them sometimes. It helps. Danilo is not there. The problem I have with this whole thing by that mentality. We might as well play a nine-one, okay? And just everybody, everybody back, and nobody. For, look, you have to. You just you have to make these calls. I agree with you. I probably roll with Pellegrini. I have no fear in playing young guys, though. This is the thing. We're chasing these expectations while trying to do a rebuild. None of it's making sense. None of it's really making yeah. sense, Luke. I, you know? I I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, because it's like. We we have a lot of young guys, but then it comes time to match time and stuff, and everybody's like, "No, you can't play him. You can't play him." And it's like, "Well, what are we exactly doing?" Yeah, I I agree with the listen. Their games this year, you take Malmo as an example. Uh, you could take midweek games against the Swallows, Sampdoria at the weekend. We say, I'm not saying you got to suck five for youth players, but you could play one at left back or one up front. If you're not going to play Kulusevski, at least give the guy that just got called up to Argentina a chance. Like, I mean, come on. Like, I, I agree with that, you know, that they have they, – they don't utilize all of their means, you know, and especially now they're down on injuries and they're still kind of just harping with the same thing over and over again. So I think that's another thing you could criticize Allegri for is that maybe he's not open to trying youth players as much. Well, okay, I, I got a point about the youth players, if the microphone's still working. I got a point. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do it. The youth players, what, what would you rather have? A Champions League spot or playing your youth players? Because you can't have both. Ooh, yes, you, can't you can. Play, you, can't have, you can't play Sule. You can't play De Winter. You can't I, play Fajoli and expect to get in the Champions League. I totally happening. disagree with that. Totally disagree with that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not uh, Liverpool, <laughs> Liverpool started Curtis Jones. you know who Curtis Jones is? Have you heard I of I don't Curtis really Jones? care who Liverpool is. 12 I'm matches. Yes, in Serie A, those kids are going to get – Tacticians off the park. That's just not true. Murda won the, the title last. They finished second the year before with two young players in their team consistently. But you guys want to play three or four. It's not going to, you're not going to get in the Champions League. Oh, no, we didn't say three or four. We said one or two here and there. That's what we said. I don't have a fear in going against Atlanta and playing Pellegrin. Uh, PSG, by the way, who buy everyone in their house. Have debuted more young players than Juventus have in the last hey, years because they're Trish playing coming in with Devinter uh, looking in the Champions League uh, yesterday. Uh, Devinter had a strong, strong preseason, and again, I thought he looked what, good. What's what's the what's the fear? Uh, what's the fear if we're in this rebuild? 
Um, in the league, yeah, like, I mean, what we're slowly, slowly made a little bit of a dent, okay, in, uh, in the standings there. We got Atalanta this weekend. Atalanta is a team that's well-drilled, man. Well-oiled machine. Like, they know what they're about. They know mm-hmm. what they want to do. They know what they and, – and they don't alter it for anybody. And that's what I respect is that they don't care if they're about to face, you know, anybody. Liverpool, Man City, Barca, like Real Madrid. They don't change for anybody. And they believe oh. in what they do and they will die on that hill. And I respect the hell out of it. What I hate is that we don't even have established a set system, style, and philosophy where the players can fall back to. I think. So what's the really sense in playing the kids? Way. If you don't have a system, and, what's the sense in playing the and kids? What I get back to, and Lou and I well, were kind of I mean, the same thing as playing Mario and Ramsey every week and getting the same result. I mean, what I kind of what we were alluding to earlier. God, <laughs> what, what we were alluding to earlier was Max Allegri. Was he? Did he reap the rewards? of talented side squads and was he getting bailed out by warriors and offensive talent because Maybe. right now he's taken over a team that he needs to establish a philosophy and identity a style and the problem is is that seem so far seemingly the only set philosophy he has is defense first and everything else hasn't really looked too damn good is it going to be enough is it the players whatever who knows time will tell um but there's a lot of like at what point at what point does his job start to be in question this is a question that came up from some juventini because i said i'm in no way shape or form allegri out right now because i think it's silly but it's a fair question though to say like what do we do do we stick to it no matter what no matter what for say two years he's got a four-year contract i believe but like at what point do you draw the line or do you want, and here's an interesting point to Lou to, to what Lou was discussing about the youngsters. Are we ever going to truly commit to a rebuild? And if we are in fact in a rebuild and you have a manager, and I'm not saying he's doing this right now, but this could come over time. If he's got an unwillingness to go with younger guys, when is it fair to ask the question if he's the right guy to lead the charge? Yeah. I Just before I answer that, I have one retort to what you're saying before I answer. And all I'm going to say is uh, this is not like – you're not going to ask these guys to play 20 games. You're going to ask them to play like five, six, seven games, right? But those clubs that all do that and integrate have had more success in Europe. And they actually flip a lot of these young players even if they're not – let's say they're not mainstays. They could come in and play five games, suck. They flipped them for a couple mil. Like it, all, I, the, you look at the last ten years. Italy's had very little success in Europe, doing the exact opposite of everyone else. So I just think it's like a huge cultural thing. Yeah. But we'll throw that argument to the side for now for another day. Um, Al, to your question about Allegri, I think something dire has to happen this year for him to go. No, no, and I'm not talking this here because I don't. I think we yeah. need to give a manager Mercados. Right, the other right. thing that people need to understand too is that the financial situation of this club could mean potentially two or three hard, hard seasons, like rough seasons for us to go through. Like it's not going to get all solved mm-hmm. this summer. People have to understand that yeah. we're in for probably a couple rough seasons based on where we stand financially. Um, and this my is point is. 
if you want, I, I don't have a problem playing the kids. Play the kids. But don't put don't leave your expectations up here. You you better you better yeah. you better hope that Europa League comes along. Like don't think it, you know what I mean? I'm just saying if if you're in a rebuild, commit to the rebuild. I play all the young kids. I don't really care. I see. But know that you can't have your expectations still up here because we're Juventus. Yeah, I mean, you listen, listen. The expectations should have been out the window at the beginning of the year. I mean, this is a top four side. It just, it is, you know, like. Um, well, we're, starting to, we're starting to, we're starting to really think, are we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, may, maybe at the at the maximum, it's a top four side. I think, Al, to your question, you have to give them a summer. Like they have to. They have to be able to build something in a Mercato. Like, you know, I know that the financial situation isn't going to be perfect this summer, but it's going to be slightly better than where it was before, assuming nothing happens with whatever weird investigation they're doing. Um, but you, you got to give a little bit of time here and you need to fully commit to something. It, it might be, hey, we're going to try and build a team to win now and convince, you know, some good players in their mid twenties that haven't got a chance elsewhere to come to Juventus. Like it might be something like that, or it might be, we're going to invest fully in use, but they got to, this is why I ask the Mercado. I ask because of this and I'll leave everybody to think about this as we sign off. Um, what do you mean? We can't do this all morning out. Come on. Listen, <laughs> listen, I got another hour left in. If me. we, <laughs> we want to commit to Allegri, we should, we should give a manager Mercados. Say we don't finish top four. Say we don't finish top four the following season. Say we have a manager that necessarily doesn't want to integrate the youth and we start losing some guns potentially because we're not in Champions League and it's harder for us to attract guns because we're not in Champions League. That's when I think the question could be asked if Allegri is the right guy because you'll need to reshift your focus if you're losing guns and it's harder to attract them because you're not in Champions League. It might be a harsh reality that we might have to think about. But I, and that's when I say you might ask the question. As of right now, no, you don't you don't ask that question right now. Right now you roll it out. We take things one step at a time. But think about that possibility because it could potentially could potentially happen. It's it's a harsh thought, a harsh reality, but that's when I think the questions start to be asked. As of right now, no. One game at a time, see what can happen. But I will say this, Max Allegri must adapt himself right now, first and foremost, before anything. Because what he's doing, in my personal opinion, is not the best with the group we have. Um, I'll leave it at that, guys. Hell of a discussion. A hell of a discussion. The live, absolutely fantastic uh, comments from everybody that took part in the live here today. Guys. We are going to continue this conversation. It's going to go through all season. So everybody that was in this one and, you know, it's hot topics right now. Don't worry. It's going to be fall through. We've got a busy, busy week. Um, all or nothing comes out uh, tomorrow. We're going to be doing episode recaps uh, for fun and just kind of sharing our thoughts on that. Um, Friday. Got, sorry. Friday's the World Cup. Friday draw. will be the draw where we'll find out uh, the Azuri's uh, opponents. We'll discuss that as well with an overlook on that. We've got match day live for Atalanta this weekend. We'll have the post-match podcast. I will give you a tactical breakdown, okay, on that match and see what uh, see what Alberto would cook up against Atalanta. Um, and, uh, and you, you haven't know, been wrong. They, uh, was asking, I, I would take probably half the pay of Max, but uh, yeah, no, anyone, they want me. Anyone who maybe me and Lou together could work out the defensive and the attack together. 
tag team the head coaching. Uh, hold up for a minute. Anthony's going to say something nice about you. Anyone who hasn't seen the tactical breakdowns, you should watch those. One, because a lot of work goes into them. But two, Al hasn't been wrong yet. No, yeah. He might be the next Juventus manager. If it's, we trend, it, it's crazy. No, the feedback actually has been quite positive. So, yeah, if you guys haven't checked out the tactical breakdowns, make sure you do. I, I get a lot of uh, cool comments. And it's cool for people that are kind of getting into football now because they see them and they always say, wow, you know, it's pretty cool to see and watch. And then all of a sudden, yeah, it plays out that way and they can spot these things now in matches. So it's been a fun thing for me, yeah. even though it takes like three hours for a 12 minute mm -hmm. video, still a lot of fun. And I love doing it for everybody. So, uh, hey, yeah, I'll uh, 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 do com. a yes. ton of good articles, ton of good articles. Lou uh, put out a fantastic one on Nedved. What he does get over to the website and check out these articles the guys are doing a great job and we've just got three new writers signed up um so the team's growing stronger uh by the day continue to share the content everybody and please like the video like the video subscribe to the channel we'll talk to you all later this week oh, one try thing. and forget about this one and one thing happy thanksgiving to all our american friends tomorrow be safe we love you all you know, uh, enjoy it with family and friends. Uh, it, I'm Canadian, but it's still my favorite holiday, American <laughs> Thanksgiving. Because we get to watch football all day. I love it. All yeah, day. yeah, I love it. Yes, absolutely. Happy Thanksgiving to our American friends. Guys, Lou, an absolute pleasure despite the result. Everybody in the live, thank you. Um, which website? AllUVCast.com. That simple. AllUVCast.com. All right. Check it out. Um, a lot of good articles. And if anybody's listening that wants to take part in it and write some articles, simply reach out to us. All right. Matthew Montesano, you're right. As always, Fino alla fine, Forza Juventus. Let's look to the weekend. Ciao.